episode of Task C. Hello. I am one of your hosts. Uh, my name's Alex. Yeah, and I'm Tom. Uh, I've been on a couple of the other podcast episodes. One of the uh, one of the tutors at Fraser's sort of in the background helping things run. But I guess my expertise is probably section three, whereas Alex is an expert in... Oh, I wouldn't say expert, but um, <laughs> I, I tutor our sections one and two, and mostly section two, actually. That's my... My area of interest as well. I, I like I like section two ideas. Yeah, yeah. Ideas. <laughs> um, what do you What do you study, Alex? Um, so I'm actually studying philosophy at the moment um, and literature. They're my two majors. Um, I was doing uh, biomed, but I I let that go. It was it was a bit too too much for me. Um, yeah, and it's a big a big change. But um, yeah, yeah, it's been a rewarding change though. I've I, I like it. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's a unique set of skills for an episode like this. I think <laughs> you can you can probably relate to the uh, you know neuro slightly neurotic um, biomedical student. <laughs> yeah. um, but then but then you know translate um, some of the philosophy and literature you study for for the masses. I think will be will be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as we said, this this podcast is called Task C, and um, we intend to kind of walk through various ideas and um, some of it will be philosophy, politics, um, that kind of stuff, so that uh, as students, when writing your essays, you will have um, things to talk about, uh, ideas to discuss. Exactly. And um, for this episode and for all the episodes here out, we'll have um, Alex or another Section 2 tutor who um, is maybe at a slightly higher level in some of these ideas and then um, some of the plebs like myself <laughs> or uh, other science students who, for, for many of us, these ideas are really foreign. Um, and hopefully between between the a bit of repartee between the two, we can get to a level where um, whether you're someone who has sat it before and is scoring really highly or someone who is just approaching essays for the first time, there's some something of value um, on either end of the spectrum for you. So it should be good. Hmm. Um, and just, just because... Uh, I'm sure uh, as all the information you can get your hands on will be um, as helpful for your essay writing as possible. I also have another podcast that I work on. Um, it's called Alex and Liam Talk. Uh, my name is actually spelled a bit differently, A-L-E-K-S. Um, and it's, that one's a bit different. It's not uh, GAMSAT related. It's an interview-based podcast. And we've interviewed various people like um, philosopher, Australian philosopher Peter Singer, um, who kind of pioneered the whole animal rights movement. Um, animal Liberation is his famous book. And also a famous, oh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess he's famous. Um, a lawyer turned human rights activist. I think he's actually still practicing as a lawyer. His name's Julian Burnside. Um, and they're all on iTunes, um, yeah. all those shows. Yeah, yeah, I know Julian Burnside. He, um, he presented at the... Um, Melbourne University for Medical Students has a sort of yearly conference for everyone. Oh, right. Um, and he, he was talking about refugee policy. He was really, really impressive. Yeah. Um, but also really nice. Just a nice, yeah. like, down-to-earth kind of person. Yeah, he's a really gentle man. Yeah, hi- we highly recommend going to have a listen to that as well. Um, again, like, it's, this is just part of Section 2 generally. There's um, having those multiple points of feedback um, and... I guess learning about the humanities generally is always going to be valuable um, and especially some really interesting interviews and deep dives into certain philosophical things. Um, yeah, so go, go listen to that. Um, but not right now because we're going right to start off. So, um, so who, who or what idea are we talking about today um, and what's the quote? 
that we're going to be talking about. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about a 20th century uh, existentialist philosopher from France called Jean-Paul Sartre. Uh, his name is... Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I spent months trying to pronounce his name properly. It's quite a struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he was part of this wave of um, existentialist philosophers in, in um, Western Europe from... The, yeah, I guess after the Second World War, um, yeah. and especially in France, because there was there was this ongoing conflict between France and Algeria. Um, there was a war for independence in Algeria, and yeah, people weren't very happy with how others were being treated. So yeah, um, Sartre and a few others uh, had all of this stuff to say about the human condition, um, why we're here, how we're here, yeah. um, whether we can justify our existence whether we can justify our acts, whether things can be more or less moral than others, and mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess that would have been a time of a lot of turmoil. Yeah, definitely. Following the war and... Um, yeah, okay, that's interesting. And so, um, what quote are we going to look at? Ah, today? right, the quote. So, the quote we're looking at is um, one from his book, Being and Nothingness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's towards the end of the book. Um, it's actually in his conclusion where he says, uh, man is a useless passion. Mm-hmm. Um which is, yeah, quite profound um, and quite depressing as well, actually, because yeah, yeah immediately from the, the quote, you get the sense that he's saying that our lives, by man, of course, he means, um, you know, everyone. All um, humans, yeah. All humans. Uh, Aliens and zombies, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and biomeds. <laughs> <and zombies. laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Separate so, species, yeah. <laughs> Biomeditus. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's saying that you know, uh, that we're purposeless, that yeah. we can't justify our existence, um, and that we just kind of, you know, drift through life in this, uh, aimless, aim, aimlessly, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, um, thinking about sort of, so we always get five quotes or four quotes, depending, um, what, what sort of topics, I guess, man is a useless passion could be for me, what comes to mind is maybe, like meaning um, definitely or yeah like the point of life or purpose as a whole those are maybe some of the things that could could relate to this yeah yeah definitely meaning purpose identity yeah um and i think it's it's especially good one because passion like just the word passion out of context some people um often they do this thing in in the essay when they look at the quotes they kind of do like a word searching thing so rather than understanding each quote for what it's worth right and what it applies to, they just go, oh, passion is in three quotes. I'm going to write about passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in this case, like maybe, but I, I don't really think that this is about passion necessarily. No, no, I think by passion in this instance, he means just, you know, because I guess like we kind of are a passion, right? We just like our, our, we have a goal or something and that becomes our passion and we work towards it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's actually a something that we will discuss shortly. Um, his idea of like the fundamental project, or you know, the the ultimate passion of a human's life. Yeah. Um, and he's got yeah. He actually thinks that he's figured out what the ultimate goal is of human life, which is quite yeah. a big claim. Well, th- that's a good segue. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm mean, waiting with trepidation <laughs> for the answer. So, so why don't we get into the background of of Jean Paul and a little bit of more about. Um, this quote and yeah deep dive I'm looking forward to learning a bit about him okay so um, man is a useless passion Um, what does he mean by that so 
first, first of all, to understand, uh, you know, his, his conception of human life, we have to uh, understand what he thinks humans are um, and what he thinks they're not. So uh, in his book, Being in Nothingness, which I don't think anyone, uh, it's, it's very, I, I really struggle to read parts of it. I'm not, people read the whole thing, which is unbelievable. But yeah. um, in the book, he divides, I guess, life or things into two categories. He sees um, humans as being these things called being for itself, um, where they're conscious. Yeah. Um, right. And so that, that's the first category. So conscious, conscious so being, human being. Being for itself. Being yeah. for itself. And the second category is being in itself. And that's, you know, this computer, something which isn't. Oh, for now, who knows with the developments in artificial intelligence, <laughs> it might be conscious in a few years, but maybe that's a bad example. This pot plant, it's mm. not conscious. Um, it's just the thing. Uh, it can't choose to be anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's plastic. Fortunately, it's plastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it, yeah. It's so it's in itself. It just, it just, is. it just is. Yeah. yeah. It's a pot plant. It's a pot plant. But it's not be. Yeah. That's all that it will be. Um, yeah. And it only exists insofar as we conscious beings define it as having certain properties. Right. Um, okay. So a pot plant couldn't ever be like, ah, oh, this is what I am. And this is what I want to be. You know, it's only going to be. Yeah what we define it as being. Um, and this is where, this is kind of the foundation for his, um, his conclusion that man is a useless passion because he thinks that the pot plant or the, the being in itself, the thing which is non-conscious, can justify its existence because it is what it is. It's just that. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's yeah. always itself. Yeah. Whereas us conscious beings being for itself, we are always trying to transcend, trying to overcome, trying to become something that we're not. So take the example of, I imagine a lot of the listeners, they are biomed students, science students, art students, or just students, and they want to become a doctor or a dentist or something. They want to become something that they're not. Yeah. So they want to transition from their current state into a state which they're not yet. Right. But, and then, you know, when they, when they become a doctor, they'll want to become something more, a specialist yeah. or a parent or something so like that. So there's always some on, ongoing pursuit of, yeah, of, of, of things something that, that's ahead. That, um, that's ahead, exactly. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. 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 In the name of, so all of these things are being done in the name of trying to, um, trying to become like the pot plant, trying to become right. what I am. And I guess you're saying that there's a relationship between the beings that are for itself and beings that are in itself in that all of the fours, so the, you know, the conscious beings are defining all the unconscious things around them. Yeah. Um, but that because this pot planet has a defined used utility and existence, then it's justifiable as a pot plant. Yeah. But then if we try to do the same thing for ourselves, ourselves. that there is no arbitrary like sentence or explanation for what we are or what yeah. our purpose is. And so therefore we end up <laughs> being a useless passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, Jean-Paul thinks that what we're trying to do is become the pot plant, which is unconscious. Yeah. Um, and we can never become that. We're, we're always trying to become what we're not. Mm. Um, but we're never, we can never become what we are. That's so, pretty interesting because I guess yeah. like we're always... Yeah, I, I don't know, this is, again, dummy it down, but, but for me, 
um, when I think of the goals that I'm striving for, it's usually with some objectivity, like I will be this, and this is an objective definition of what a doctor is, and mm. I'll be that. Um, but then when you're there, you realize that it's not an objective definition. Yeah, yeah. You still have goals and purpose, and, and you're right. So there is no objective end. It's just sort of you're chasing after the next carrot that's in front of you, whatever that is. Mm. You never get to the carrot, and then you're, you're defined forever. There's always more choices and, I guess more being <laughs> to go to go on with um, yeah that's right yeah. um and yeah that's actually so if you if you agree with jean paul and you think that um you know we can never justify our existence because we can never become a pot plant or something then that kind of ties in nicely with what you're saying that you know we strive to become something let's say we become it and then we strive to become something different so yeah. because we, we never actually become what we are, we never complete ourselves or, you know, we're never able to justify our existence. We're forever purposeful. We're always doing things. We're always productive. Um, and so that, that could be kind of like a, a subtle uh, response to this, to the quote that man is a useless passion, because you could say, ah, yeah, man is a useless passion, but yeah. that's good because we're always doing things. We're always productive. Yeah. Um, and if we weren't a useless passion, then we would, you know, just become stagnating like the pot plant and we wouldn't do anything. It would be defined and, and yeah. have a, would achieve anything. Yeah. 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 I guess I have a question. So, um, I'm, I always try and, you know, like be a contrarian and break the rules. So what about someone like a, a monk say, um, Maybe their passion is trying to, I don't know, it's hard to define, but let's say like clear their mind and to try and avoid these um, conscious pursuits. Um, maybe maybe in what they're doing, they're trying to become a being in itself mm. as part of the environment. I'm imagining, of course, in my head, you know, sitting on top of a mountain with like a you know, beautiful snow <laughs> going down, but they're still somehow warm um, <laughs> in some sort of yoga pose. But, but I guess, so someone like that, maybe their, their pursuit of um, happiness or, or a higher, higher state um, is trying to remove the conscious elements from, from their existence. So maybe that's a sort of similar, similar thing to um, sort of what John Paul is saying is that to be, for humans to feel less useless, we actually have to stop pursuing things at all. We have to try and become like the pot plant. But I don't know, I'm just spitballing. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting take on it. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's right. That like he thinks that our this is kind of moving on to the next topic. But um, mm -hmm. he thinks that the fundamental project, which is like the the so we have all of these um, you know projects in between our fundamental projects. So let's say you want to become a doctor or a teacher. Um, you want to graduate from uni. All of these little projects will be yeah. done in pursuit of the fundamental project, which is like the overarching project of yeah. our life. Um, and Jean-Paul thinks that the overarching project of our life is to become the pot plant. Right. But that's impossible. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Like, you know, maybe we, we can avoid uselessness mm. if we become the pot plant, but we can never become the pot plant. So it's like this interesting paradox where it's kind of like the matrix, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. pursuing impossibility forever. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, this would be a convenient time to ask you how you think you could use what we've discussed uh, in an essay. Yeah. Sure. So um, so I guess in any essay we have to think about what um, what topic we're talking about. So let's go back to that quote: um, "Man is a useless passion." So um, 
just like I, I find this useful so it's useful to define what sort of topic or idea you want to talk about so um, so maybe we could talk about purpose uh, at kind of an abstract level and I might use I like really like the categorization that Jean Paul uses and I might uh, plagiarize it for my own purposes um, and I think actually that's like a teaching point you don't have to like verbatim quote mm. Jean Paul <laughs> you don't have to say um, this idea is taken from no. So you can say, um, I like in in defining the purpose of any any person or human. Um, it, it's useful to think about unconscious and conscious things mm-hmm. and how how there's fundamentally different di- fundamentally a difference there. Um, in that unconscious things generally like a pen or a screwdriver or a microphone or or anything they have a defined purpose. It's very clear. They can only be that they they've got arbitrary bounds around what they are and what they can be and so i guess in a sense the microphone maybe has a very pure purpose um that they will always achieve and fulfill and they've never missed the mark because that's what they are Mm. um whereas for people uh or conscious beings we don't have that same definition um i guess to extend that um within conscious beings does that include a sort of intelligent life or unintelligent life or where is that line drawn in the sand so i might talk about that in a, in a paragraph about um maybe as as beings become more intelligent their purpose becomes harder and like their happiness gets diluted and their purpose becomes more and more dilute as they become more and more conscious mm. um sort of aligning with what john paul's saying in the sense that we're all striving to be the unconscious screwdriver that screws um but it's not possible and sort of the further away you get from being a jellyfish in the ocean has a pretty simple life its consciousness is pretty limited its purpose is pretty well defined whereas as a, as a person we have so many more opportunities even our, our, our awareness of our own mortality um, hastens our pursuit of other things yeah. and and yeah I don't know maybe I talk about that in two paragraphs like how purposes is categorized and then maybe um, how humans, we will never find our purpose. And thus, I agree with the quote um, that for conscious beings, purpose is, is not um, not possible and not something we can achieve. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, so I think we should, we should keep that as an agreeing with the prompt. Um, yeah. And then perhaps you can move on to a disagreeing argument with the prompt. Yeah, sure. Um, um, yeah, so I think at a... At a core level, I like I would find it quite hard to disagree right. with with this prompt in some ways. I think it's always hard. In some ways, it's harder to disagree um, when you're at this this kind of idea based level yep. because you have to have really pure concepts to kind of argue with it. Mm. That's what all good philosophers are. Right? They they're good at, good with arguments. Mm. Um, how would I disagree? I guess I would disagree. You can disagree with this if you can set up some arbitrary purpose of life so maybe maybe if the purpose of us is to uh, our progeny or our legacy mm. um that'd be pretty hard to yeah to, to argue I, yeah yeah a question i asked i guess or like if you could say that maybe like our purpose is to lead like a value-driven life or something something along those lines and so although although we don't um yeah, although maybe we don't ever reach like our objective, whatever that is, and we never, we never fully um, fulfill those pursuits, 
if we live a life that is led by those values and remembered by those values, then we live on, and maybe that's. But it's a very, it's a very subjective thing. It's not a good argument. No, no, because you know what? That's pretty much what Jean Paul says. Mm. Um, and that that's a convenient time to move on to the second idea um, that we're going to discuss, where he talks about values and freedom. Mm. Um, and yeah, long story short, I, I will go into it in detail. But what he's assen- what he essentially says is that we have to ditch our pursuit of becoming the pot plant mm. and we actually have to pursue freedom because this is another quote of his freedom is the ultimate source of value right um yeah so that ties in nicely with what your you know contrarian right. argument was which yeah. is that you know maybe um maybe what all that we need to do is have a value-driven life um, and that's pretty much what he says yeah that um but yeah he says it in, in a little bit of a different way because i guess it sort of frees you from that pursuit of yeah of, of being a pot plant yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and for all you listeners we're not saying that you should go and fill your own with pot plants and stare at them all still, still um stay true to your goals water me i feel dry <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um okay so the quote freedom is the ultimate source of value um okay so to discuss this i'll take the example of um Okay, so just as you're listening to this, think about all of the values that you cherish, the things that you follow, the moral codes that you follow. Um, how many of them have you come up with yourself organically? Yeah, so I guess I don't want to list my values out, but, <laughs> but I think I definitely think of the way the way that we we formulate our values. Um, it's definitely related to family and maybe religion and culture and where you're from and the society you live in, job. Um, I, I guess in most ways, everyone's values, I expect, would, would sort of be based on that roughly. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. somewhere we're socialized to believe in certain things. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, if, if we're going back to Sartre's conception of freedom as being the source of value, they don't really... Um, like they don't work well together like a human who is conscious and because they're conscious they're free but also being a a person who has just inherited all of these values and isn't really challenging them very much right Um, so I guess yeah so I know what you mean so to sort of be to be free like freedom um, you have to also liberate yourself from, from these values that are attributed to you by others um, you don't have to, yeah. but you have to recognize that you can be free, that you can challenge them. Right, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that's, that's what the quote means. That because, so as, going back to being for itself and being in itself, yeah. so being for itself, being you know, conscious, conscious and being, yeah. Yeah. Um, we can imagine, like we can break the causal order of things by imagining current situations happening differently. So like, us talking right now, but instead of both of us wearing black tops, we're we're wearing red ones or yeah, something. Blue ones or something. Oh, blue yeah, ones. Yeah. So we're free to imagine different anything. Yeah, yeah a- anything. Literally anything. Unlimited. Yeah. Um, and because we're free to do that, it kind of you know undermines the conception that values are binding, or mm-hmm. that you know we just live by what we're told to live by. We follow what we're told to follow. Yeah. Um, and so what Jean-Paul wishes to say, at least in, in, my, in my reading of the text, is that you know, if we are to be purposeful, if we are to be, not to justify our existence because we can't 
become the pod plant. But yeah. if we are to, I don't know, live the most meaningful life possible, we have to interpret things through our own subjective lens. Right. Um, through our own values. And yeah. Things, and like yeah. we define our own values. Yeah. So like because we're principles free. and things. Yeah. 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 Um, and this actually ties in with like ties in nicely with arguments for for and against free will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess before uh, I give my opinion on it, what do you think about free will? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting topic. So I think it's something that a lot of uh, students, especially in essays, uh, they sort of like arbitrarily say we either do or do not have free will mm. in like a very binary kind of way. We don't provide arguments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or become, I think that goes for everything. Like um, the, it's, it's ironic. It's like these values that are attributed to everyone. It's in the same way, the way we think that that sort of thought control is from all the things that are attributed to free will. So you know, you will read books where everything is fated, like Shakespeare, and mm. there's a silly little quit at the start, and, you know, it tells you exactly what's going to happen. Um, all the way to there's complete and utter free will, there's complete meaninglessness to everything. You can choose and decide anything in your own life. Um, I guess I feel like there's something in between. Um, it's a kind of maybe more philosophical feeling that I have. It's mm. not something I can argue particularly well. Mm. Um, but I feel like I would like to hope that um, that I preserve my own free will and then not everything's fated. Mm. But I also appreciate that for some beings and some people that their free will is limited mm. by whether it's like a regime or they're imprisoned. And in that way, I guess their free will is limited by the value structures that are around them. So I guess, I don't know, free will is malleable. We have free will, but it's limited by the structures we live in, the ways we think right. and the people around us. That's, okay. that's the way I feel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. I, I somewhat agree. Um, and I, I'm actually really torn between, like, you know, contemporary neuroscience and, like, what Sasha believes. Um, and so what Jean-Paul thinks is that, uh, let's say we both went back 10 seconds in time. Yeah. And we were both, like, I was about to start my sentence, you are about to start your sentence. Um, and we we go back 10 seconds and we decide to articulate them differently. Mm. That's what he thinks is possible. So he thinks you can go back in time and do something completely differently. And that is, that would mean that we have ultimate free will, that we can do whatever we like at any point in time. And we're not responding to environmental stimuli or physical stimuli or anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're like literally creating our own experience of the world. Yeah. But that's kind of like, I'm not sure whether they're ever going to be able to get to the bottom of the free will argument because... It's very abstract. It is, it's super abstract. But some contemporary neuroscientists have argued that that's impossible, that you can't go back in time and do something differently because the reason why you decided to do that thing in the past is because you're responding to, like, you know, your brain was in a particular state and that brain state made you do Just something generated a re response yeah. yeah a response and so if you went back in time you would have the same brain state because the same stimuli would have happened yeah. you would have received and so you would have done the same thing it's the same thing as like the space-time continuum yeah. Einstein, right like space and time is linked because at a certain time you're in a certain position and so if you were to go back in time you would have to move along the same space that you're yeah. within and so when you change something there's like 
anyway, it, there's a few, maybe we can try and find some good videos, but basically space and time are so intrinsically linked that it's not actually really possible to go back in time and change the path because the path is set in the space-time continuum. Anyway, so in the same that's way, the same. If, yeah, if, like the thing. brain and response is inherently linked. Like the brain is just a, if you believe it's just a set of cells and synapses that make a decision, mm -hmm. then our free will is limited by that, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, so Sasha doesn't, he thinks that we have ultimate free will. Right. Um, and again, tying back into freedom, freedom is a source of uh, the ultimate source of value. If we have ultimate free will, we can exist however we like. Yeah. Um, we can adhere to any values which we like. Um, yeah. And so, okay. I, yeah. And then, so I guess that definition of free will um, liberates you because you can have any set of values, any anything that you you perceive. Um, not even if that you perceive, just any anything that you want. There's like an unlimited set of choices. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I guess if you select the way I try, I'm trying to think of it is. If you have a set of values and they're objective to you, then even though we all have subjective disappointing experiences in our life, they're all experienced through an objective set of values that we have set mm -hmm. and that should please us. <laughs> um, so in that way, you're like the value pot plant, right? Like that's your in itself. Your values are the thing that's in itself. Mm -hmm. And that, that obviously they can change, but at that point in time, that is objective yeah. and it's not disappointing because they're the values we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess thinking about how we write about these things, um, I guess I think for me at least the things I'm going to take away from, from our discussion, Alex, is um, how to think about how consciousness and purpose is defined, mm -hmm. um, thinking about the whole idea of beings for itself and in itself, yep. um, and then maybe extending that into, I guess for me it's like, objectivity and subjectivity or things that we can control about our lives yep. so value structures is something that we can objectively control and how free will is limited or unlimited um, and these are all things that we can talk about and write about even at that kind of low level about your own life and your own personal experiences and how you think these things inform that mm -hmm. um, or at a maybe more high level ideas based approach which is what we usually try and go for yep. where possible yep. um, yeah so I think that's right so the first the first part of our discussion was about being for itself, being in itself, purpose, meaning. Um, and just to reiterate, the conclusion that Jean-Paul reached was that uh, we are purposeless if we try and become the pot plant. Yeah. But then moving to the second part of our discussion about freedom, um, when you hold freedom as your ultimate value, um, you can really do whatever you like. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're not, perhaps you're not a useless passion because you're just you know, free to live however you like. Um, yeah. It's a bit abstract, but yeah, these, these are ideas that are widely applicable. Um, and I'm sure if you, you know, if you put enough time trying to get your head around them, then as you said, you can either relate, uh, write about yourself in, and reflect upon these mm -hmm. ideas, or you can go for a higher ideas-based level yeah. approach and try and, you know, incorporate them into your paragraphs um, without, you know, subjective, without so referring to yourself. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that was that was the first episode of Tarsi. Um, I, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. Um, I think some, some other sort of good news about the podcast. So we're now available on pretty much like every different service that exists. That's a cool thing about Anchor where we upload it just 
puts it on everything. So if, if you want to listen on Spotify, Pocket Cast, iTunes, whatever, it should be there. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep doing more episodes. If there's a topic or something that you really want us to cover, don't hesitate to email us at info at phrasesagamset.com.au um, or comment on our posts and various stories and things because we we're always happy to yeah talk, talk about any sort of idea. Um, and thanks again to Alex for coming and speaking to us. Oh, no, no, my <laughs> pleasure. Yeah. Um, I look forward to working, um, to doing future po- podcasts as well. Yeah, it should be good. All right, until next time. Um, until next time, everyone. That was Tarsi, brought to you by the Fraser's Gamsat Podcast Network thing. Um, yeah, look forward to speaking to you next time. <laughs>